Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Bible study. Oh, Recorded live. getting a lot of banging. I'm going out back in. I'm sorry? I'm hearing a lot of banging. Yeah, that's me. Oh, okay. All right, we're going to begin. Uh, we're going to ask Deacon Phipps if she would start us off with prayer. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, dear God, for us coming together this evening, Heavenly Father, for this time of Bible study, God, to study your word. I pray that God, as always, you continue to anoint the apostle, dear God, and that we get clear understanding of who you and your son Jesus Christ is, dear God, and the leadership in the Holy Spirit. Dear God, this is many blessings we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we have been studying the promises of God, and we have um, um, uh, studied several of them, and tonight we're going to be focusing, we're going to be moving forward, and one of the promises of God is that he has promised us spiritual growth, and he has also promised us spiritual gifts. And so um, let's turn to Philippians, the first chapter and the sixth verse. And when somebody has it, please read it. Being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Okay, so here he is promising us uh, that he is going to perform the good work that he is started in us, and that so he is promising us spiritual growth, and that he has not uh, begun this good work uh, in vain, but that he is going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And we know the day of Jesus Christ is when he comes and he claims, claims the kingdom unto himself, and he takes the throne, and he begins to rule. And so we are confident that he which begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. 
And so this is one of the promises that God has promised us. He has promised us spiritual growth. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so, and so then um, let us turn to 2 Corinthians, the third chapter and the 18th verse. 2 Corinthians, the third chapter and the 18th verse. So it says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. And so here he is promising us spiritual growth in that uh, we're going to be beholding as we are beholding his face as in a glass, amen, as we're looking into a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So here, uh, Paul is making an analogy of someone looking into a glass. And so as you're beholding the image of Christ in a glass, as we view upon that image, we're going to be changed into his image, all right, from glory to glory. That means from stage to stage even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So God has promised us spiritual growth. And so we thank God that we just don't get saved, and that's just that. But he continues to bless us to grow into his image from glory to glory, from one elevation to the next level of elevation. And so we thank God for the promise that he's given us, that he's going to give us spiritual growth. Amen? Amen. And I'm so thankful. You know, sometimes uh, we come into Christ and we think all there is is just what we have understood. But the depths of God is so profound and the wisdom of God is so great that who can know it? Uh, I was reading today, and I forgot where it was, where it was saying who can know the depths of God? Who can know the unsearchable riches of God? You know, who, who can know them? And so we thank God for um, his, uh, let me see if I can find that. Well, I'm not able to find it tonight. But he's saying that his wisdom is so far beyond ours and his way is so great. Who who can know it? Who can stand here and say that they know the greatness of God? Who can fathom the greatness of God? And so we thank God that he has blessed us, that from glory to glory he's revealing himself to us. He's showing us his way. 
And as we continue to behold his face as in a mirror, as we look into his image, he is transforming us into his image. And so we thank God for the promises of spiritual growth. We thank God. Uh, in Second Peter, the first chapter and the third verse, it reads, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain, that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And so his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And so we find that in spiritual growth, it comes through the knowledge of him. And as we just read before, it comes through the continual peering into his face, the continual uh, seeking his face, the continual drawing nigh to him, and he begins to reveal himself to us. And then um, uh, uh, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So we find that this just does not come just because we're called to be saints of God, but it comes through the knowledge of him. So it it behooves us beloved, to continue to seek after him and to search after him and to know him. Uh, as the scripture before, in, before him says, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, as peering into God. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory. And so it's not just us uh, saying that we're saved but it comes from a diligent searching and a, a diligent peering into God to really know him. And then he's going to give us all that pertains to life and godliness. And so as we study, as we began this study, we began to understand that God has promised us life, but not according to our ego, but he has given us life according to the inner man. And the things that he is promising us is for the inner man. And we realize that life is lived from the inside out. And so if we develop our inner man, then our outer life will reflect what is going on in our inner man. So we thank God for the promises of spiritual growth. And so he has also promised us spiritual gifts. And uh, so... uh, Romans, the 12th chapter, the 5th through the 8th verse. Let's turn to that. Romans, the 12th chapter, 5 through 8. So it reads, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry let us wait on our ministering, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorts on exhortation, and he that gives, let him do it with simplicity. He that rules with diligence, he that shows mercy 
with cheerfulness. And so here, God has promised us spiritual gifts. And here in Romans, he outlines a few of them. He's talking about a grace that is given to prophesy. And he's speaking of prophesying according to the proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering or he that teaches on teaching or he that exhorts on exhortation. He that gives, let him do it with simplicity. And he that rules with diligence. And he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so God has blessed us with spiritual gifts. And as we know, um, so we know that in uh, first, I think it's First Corinthians when he speaks of the gifts of the Spirit, uh, he has given to us according to our several abilities. And God has given them to the church to edify the church, to build up the church. And so as I was studying today, I began to understand that God has called us from dependence, from being dependent, and that is dependent as a baby is dependent upon their mother. And then as a child grows, it becomes self-sustaining and self-sufficient, and it can become independent. But the ultimate goal is to become interdependent so that we depend on one another so that not only am I uh, benefiting from my gifts, but I'm benefiting from the gift of the entire body. And so God has called us to be one and has given us gifts according to our ability, but for the edification of the church so that the entire body can profit with all, not just as in the independent state where I can, I can uh, profit from my gifts, but from the benefit of the entire church. And in, in becoming interdependent, we learn that we don't have to have everything. We don't have to have it all. Uh, the other person can have it, and we can rely on the other person to contribute their gifts so that the ministry can move forward, so that the work of God can move forward, so that the community can move forward. And God has blessed us to become uh, the ultimate goal is to become interdependent. You know, as God says, the Father and I, as Jesus said, the Father and I are one. And then he says, I go to the Father so that I can be one with the Father and you can be one with me so that we all can be one, so that there's one state, one being, one group, one family, one mind, and so that the whole body can can. Uh, be edified by the gifts of each other. And so God has promised us spiritual gifts. And so we don't have to worry about lack or anything because everything that, everything that is needed has been placed in the body. But the problem is, is that we as saints of God don't nurture the gifts that's been given to us. And then we remain at a state of being independent and we think that the gifts that's been given to us are for our benefit, and we haven't learned to become interdependent. We haven't learned to give our gifts to the whole body so that the whole body can grow thereby. And so God has um, uh, given gifts to the church, not just for you individually, but for the church at large or for the community at large. All right? Uh, these are some of the spiritual gifts that God has promised us. And so far we have learned that God has promised us 
um, deliverance from evil. He has promised us his word. He has promised us the Holy Spirit. He has promised us righteousness. He has promised us forgiveness. He has promised us freedom. He has promised us a new life, but he has promised us salvation. And so we thank God for the gifts that he has given, for the promises that he has made to us. And we see that these promises are for internal living, for internal development, because out of our heart flows the issues of life. So out of our inner man, it determines what our life is going to be. And that's why the scripture says that man needs to be born again so that his perspective and his paradigm can be birthed from above so that now that when he moves in life, his perspective is from a spiritual place and that he creates after the spirit of God, not after his ego or his egoic nature or what he's been taught or conditioned to believe, but what the spirit of God speaks to him. And so God has promised us salvation, and he has promised us a new life, and he has promised us freedom. So that we, that sin doesn't have to have dominion over us, that we can be free to choose righteousness, that we don't have to be dominated by our desires or, uh, or, or, or sin or, or, or things that are persuasive or enticing. They don't have to have dominion over us, so we can have a choice to be free to choose to worship, to be free to choose to live and to love. Amen? And God has promised us also forgiveness. And so he's promised us that as we forgive our neighbors, amen, that's the the proportion that he's going to forgive us. And so out of a new heart and out of a new spirit, then we begin to forgive those who have trespassed against us. And only out of a new heart and a new spirit can we forgive those who have trespassed against us? But like I said, according to the proportion of your forgiveness, will the Father forgive you? And so, you know, the, the scripture says, forgive us of our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. And as we forgive those who trespass against us, that is the same proportion in which he's going to forgive us. Not that he's not willing to forgive. God is willing and able to forgive, but he's not going to give to you what you're not willing to give. And so God has promised us forgiveness. And uh, he, he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And so he has promised to give us forgiveness, that they no longer come into his 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 periscope, that they're so far apart that he can't even bring them back together. Amen. And so it says also in 1 John 1 and 9 that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God has promised us forgiveness of sin. And then he has given us, uh, promised us righteousness. And so um, so uh, in um, Romans, the fifth chapter and the 17th verse, and this is what I really love, it says, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace 
and that the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So here it's saying that if, if, if sin can fall on the whole human race by one man's act, then righteousness can come by one man's act, and that's by Jesus Christ. If Adam had the capacity to, uh, for sin to fall on the entire human race because of his one act, then Jesus Christ has the capacity and the enablement of righteousness to fall on the entire human race. And so we thank God that he has promised us righteousness and given us a way of escape from the condemnation that was wrought by Adam when he fell from grace. Amen? Amen. So he's promised us righteousness. Let me see if I can get this. All right, and he's promised us the Holy Spirit. And we we discussed that when he said that I'm going to go away and I'm going to send you a comforter. And then he spoke that if if our uh, natural fathers know how to give us gifts, how much more would the Father, the Heavenly Father, give us the Holy Spirit? And so we thank God for that. And so he has promised us his word, and he has promised us deliverance from evil. Uh, In 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter and the 18th verse, and the scripture says, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me in his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so here there's a promise that he's going to deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me to his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. So here is a promise that he's going to deliver me from all of the bad deeds that I have a proclivity to do, uh, from all the things that I have been conditioned to do, that I have been taught to do, that he was going to deliver me from every evil work and preserve me to his heavenly kingdom. He's not only going to deliver me, but he's going to preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. And I'm so thankful that God has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light and made a place for me in his heavenly kingdom. So we have the promise of God that he has promised us not only deliverance from evil, but he has promised us his Present. Revelation 3 and 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. And then John the 14th chapter, the 15th to the 16th verse says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. So God is promising uh, his presence forever, not just for a moment, but forever. As in Matthew, the 28th chapter and the 20th verse says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. So we need to be comforted that God has promised us his presence, that wherever we are, whatever state we're in, that he has promised to be present. You know, as I spoke to one of the saints of God when they were uh, going through, uh, Scripture says uh, in, in Psalms, and this is David speaking, he said, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. No matter where we go, the presence of God is there. So if we uh, take on the mindset 
that whatever situation that we're in, that we can we can be comforted by knowing that God is there. And um, as I was speaking um, on a couple of Sundays ago, when I walked into the house with the uh, pit bulls, I take comfort after the fact that God's presence was with me. And my husband reminded me of Daniel being in the lion's den. And it made it so vivid and so real that when David was thrown into the lion's den, that God held the mouths of the lions and the lions did not devour him. And so it made it so real that when I walked into the house with those pit bulls, that the presence of God was with me. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. His presence is ever-present. He is ever-present. He is always present. All right? And so tonight we're studying the spiritual growth, and so we thank God that he has promised us spiritual growth, that being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work, in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And the day of Jesus Christ, that is the culmination of all things. And so God has promised that he is going to, he that has begun a good work is going to complete the work. And it's not going to stop until the day of Jesus Christ, until the culmination of all things. God is going to perform the work that he has started in us. And so we're confident and comfortable that God's presence is with us, that he has promised us great blessings in this earth and in this time. And so that if we begin to understand that God has blessed us with all of the spiritual blessings that pertain to life and to godliness, then we can understand that our outward life, we don't have anything to fear because he has promised to take care of us. He has promised that he's going to be with us no matter what state I find myself in. The promises of God are sure, and I can rely and depend on them. And so he's promised us spiritual gifts. And so the gifts, as we've understood and we've studied before, are not just for myself, but, but they are for the entire body. They are for the upbuilding and the edification of the church. It is not for me independently, but for the entire body of Christ interdependently. So God wants us to grow as one unit, not to be self-sufficient and self-sustaining, but for us to be dependent on one another and growing in love and becoming interdependent. As he and the Father were one, uh, he wants us to become one in him and him in God, and so that we can be one unit. And so, beloved, I'm not going to keep you uh, very long tonight. We're going to end this Bible study, I guess, about 7.30. But I'm going to give space, oh, God, I'm going to give space for those who would like to comment or, or have anything to say at this time. Hmm. All right. Praise the Lord. If there are no comments, then we're going to um, uh, close out the Bible study tonight. We thank God for those who have called in and who are participants of the Bible study. We thank God for um, the study of the gifts uh, 
the promises of God, and we're learning a lot about the promises of God, and we're learning that they are not uh, according to the egoic nature, but they're toward they're uh, according to the inner man, and that God has promised us life, and this is what God is feeding into the life of man, uh, for the kingdom of God is within. So as the scripture says, we don't look here or there for the coming for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God is within. So, beloved, uh, we're going to ask um, Deacon Fitz that she would close us out in prayer tonight. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, dear God, for the study time, dear God. Dear God, let us all just grasp the hold to your spiritual gifts, God, that you've given us, Heavenly Father. And the gifts of growth, dear God, that we continue, dear God, to grow and progress in you, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. And, God, we just thank you for your spiritual gifts, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you, God, for your spiritual gifts, God, and your Holy Spirit, God, that you left here, your son left here as a comforter, dear God, to lead and guide us into all truth, dear God. I pray, God, that we as one body, dear God, will continue to press our way forward, dear God, and to understand, God, that you've given different gifts to each and every one of us, Heavenly Father, but it is all to be used as one body, God, on one accord for the building up of your kingdom, God, that we continue to grow together, mighty God, in the name of Jesus. Dear God, continue to bless the teacher and her family, dear God. And this and your many blessings are asked in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Grace and peace, beloved. We'll see you on Sunday morning. And thank you for calling in. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Thank you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.